Tonight on Huckabee, former Democratic Representative Tulsi Gabbard, CPAC Chairman Matt Schlapp, Thou Shalt Laugh with Thor Ramsey, the inspirational country sound of High Road. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! Welcome, everybody. We are very happy to have you. We're going to try to keep Trey Corley awake tonight. TBN has been producing the Dove Awards this week. Trey, already before he got here tonight, has spent over 70 hours working on the audio of that. And so just keep an eye on Trey. If he goes to sleep, we're going to give him kind of an excused absence for that. But great work. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Well, folks, it is less than three weeks to the midterm elections, and Americans are starting to pay a serious attention. And by the way, it is a good thing. Maybe they are realizing that President Obama was absolutely right about at least one thing when he said, elections have consequences. They sure do. <laughs> Since the last one, when Democrats took control of the White House, the Senate, and the House, our borders have more leaks than a well-worn cloth diaper as over 2 million people are illegally walking right in without so much as a hand stamp. I mean, we are experiencing the worst inflation in over 41 years. And here's what that means. It means that you are paying about 18% more for groceries than you were a year ago. Gasoline, just to get you back to work and home, about doubled. And you're living with 11 months of your pay income for 12 months of your bills. And government goons are arresting an 87-year-old concentration camp survivor and pro-life advocate because she happened to protest out in the abortion business. Legislation is being drafted in some states that would subject moms and dads to being arrested if they didn't allow their underage boys to transition to becoming girls by taking irreversible drugs that would chemically castrate them or if the parents didn't allow their daughters to have their bodies mutilated as teens by surgically removing their breasts and giving them a hysterectomy. Now think about this, you're gonna arrest the parents for not letting their children go through that. Did you ever think that you would see in America a time when the government thought that it could take your children away to perform major surgery on them, but would not allow them to have a Tylenol capsule at school? And all this time, crime in our communities is no longer just some nuisance in rough gang-infested neighborhoods. The insane policies of far-left lunatics releasing violent thugs back on the streets without cash bail before their victims are even out of the hospital from being mugged. That's created cities that aren't safe to walk down a busy sidewalk in broad daylight, much less get on a city bus or subway without fear of being brutally attacked. And this didn't just happen. These out-of-control criminal acts are the results of the insane defund the police policies while all but eliminating the consequences to the criminal. You know, the one thing Joe Biden and the Democrats seem to be adamant about is to make the dismembering of a baby in the mother's womb at any time for any purpose something to celebrate 
rather than to weep over. At least Democrats in the past would speak of abortion as being safe, rare, and legal. Today's radicals are determined to make it legal at any point in the pregnancy, right up until the moment of birth. Let me put it this way. If you are better off today than you were two years ago, then quite frankly, you ought to vote to keep the Democrats in power. And they're going to keep doing what they've done by keeping our borders unchecked, killing American production of energy, and begging the Saudis for theirs, handcuffing the police officers instead of the criminals who run wild in the streets, uh, who are also out there burning and looting and terrorizing your neighborhood. But if you are not better off than you were a year ago, frankly, you ought to vote for the Republicans this time, even if you never have, because they can't do any worse than what we have now. They just can't. So maybe in your family, you've always been Democrats. I understand that. But today's party is not the Democrat party of your father and grandfather. Today's Democrat party is the party of the Silicon Valley billionaires, the Hollywood and Wall Street elitists, and the DC power brokers who are protected by armed guards, fly in private jets and live behind a gate, while those same Democrats don't think you ought to be able to own a firearm. And they want you to ride a bike to work and they expect you to even pay off the college loans of graduate students while you can't even buy school supplies for your own children. Now, when people are hired to do a job and they fail to do it, you know what happens? They get fired. And when they steal from us, lie to us, and take our freedom away, they shouldn't just get fired. They ought to get indicted. I mean, we may not see mass arrests of government officials who have made millions off of insider deals, or who have abused the rights of the weak and the vulnerable. But for gosh sake, we do have the power to say to them loud and clear on election day, you're fired. Tulsi Gabbard is a former member of Congress who served a wise second district from 2013 to 2021. As of last week, she's also a former Democrat. Yep, that's right. As a lieutenant colonel, she serves in both the National Guard and the Army Reserves. She served in Iraq in 2005, ran for president on the Democrat ticket in 2020. We're thrilled to have her here with us tonight. Please welcome to the show, Tulsi Gabbard. We are so glad to have you here in person. You know, we had you once, uh, but it was remote. Yes. But it's really nice to have you in the studio, and the oh, audience is very nice. I think there were a lot of people who were kind of shocked when they heard that you were officially leaving the party that you've been a part of, and you've been uh, representing in Congress for a number of years. Yeah. What was the turning point? Uh, you know, ultimately, it came down to over the years reaching this point where we are today, where today's Democrat Party is controlled by uh, a group of so-called woke fanatical ideologues. Yeah. And what's dangerous about almost everything that they're doing is they're directly undermining our fundamental freedoms, our God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution and Bill of Rights. 
It's not enough for them to say, well, we can agree to disagree. They have to come after our freedom of speech. They have to feel as though they uh, must control the information we see, determining what is information versus disinformation. They are openly hostile towards people of faith and spirituality. Uh, coming after virtually every one of those powerful principles enshrined in the Constitution. And it got to a point where I could no longer associate myself with this party. It seems like that one of the most dangerous aspects of the far left, and I don't even want to say just Democrats particularly, but is this notion to quench the speech yeah. of people that disagree with them, violate the First Amendment, throw it out, disregard it. Yeah. It's, it's so dangerous on many levels. Um, but their, their statement that speech is violence is yeah. how they justify their actions in squashing and suppressing anyone who disagrees with them. Of course, they get to determine and decide what speech is acceptable versus what isn't. And it's such a major departure from, you know, what the ACLU used to stand for mm -hmm. in really protecting every American's right to free speech, no matter how abhorrent that speech might have been. Uh, to this point now where today they've changed their rules to say, well, we will only defend speech that is aligned with, with our views. And, and what makes this dangerous effort even worse is we look at the party that's in power today and they are undermining our freedoms, weaponizing institutions like the Department of Justice, the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, even yeah. the Department of Education to force their agenda, their radical agenda on all of us to where it is comply or face the consequences. I think one of the most recent egregious examples of this, um, you know, they're trying to backdoor changes to Title IX, you know, that the historic law that says there are biological differences between the yeah. male and female sex. Well, rather than go through Congress and face the American people and say, hey, we want to change this, they're trying to backdoor it through a rule change basically to take away the definition of Title IX and add this vague thing about gender identity and telling schools, if you don't allow kids who all of a sudden one day identify by the opposite sex to use the bathroom of that opposite sex, then we will take away federal funding for kids who are eligible for free and reduced lunch. But you, you've campaigned for some Republicans over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. What gave you that comfort to be able to say, you know, these are good people, I'm going to help them? Yeah, Governor, you know, this is uh, what I've been spending my days over the last week. It's how I'll be spending every day until Election Day uh, campaigning for great Americans. And I've, got, I've gotten asked this question almost every stop yeah. I've made by reporters to say, hey, this seems like a little bit of an odd match here. Yeah. And my answer to them is it's only an odd match if you're paying attention to the wrong things. Mm. Because what I share in common with the people who I'm going out and supporting, people like Don Bullock in New Hampshire, uh, people like Kerry Lake in Arizona, uh, people like Joe Kent in yeah. Washington State. Um, these are all people who have very different backgrounds, but people who are committed to putting the well-being of the American people first, putting country first, and upholding those freedoms that are in our Constitution. A position that she deserves that. A position that you took this week, you uh, spoke on the uh, Capitol grounds of Tennessee. Yes. And uh, that was a rally to bring attention to uh, Vanderbilt University, which had been conducting transgender surgeries on young people. And I mean, Matt Walsh, who was here on our show recently from the Daily Wire, uh, 
really exposed some of that. Yeah. Huge crowd. You spoke to them. But, I mean, there must be people who say, now, Tulsi, how are you able to go to that rally? I think you may have just told us, but there are some things you believe that are bigger than anybody's party, Democrat or Republican, and I, and I respect you for that. I really do, and I thank you for having the courage to say, look, there are basic differences and there are two genders, and we need to recognize that. This is just common sense, yeah. but it is so crazy, and, and it is. It blows my mind that here we are in 2022. I never would have imagined that we'd be in a place where having a, a Supreme Court justice nominee define what a woman is was an impossible task. Yeah. <laughs> that, that these very simple truths and realities that we live with in our everyday lives have now become questionable. Freedom of speech is now something that people in positions of power are saying, well, actually, no, I don't think that's relevant in today's society because speech is violence. Uh, it, and this is, this is why I'm spending every day until Election Day campaigning for people who I'm confident will stand up for those freedoms because we don't have a, a check and balance on this administration and the kinds of crazy policies that they're pushing forward that not only impact us, but really scarily, as we talked about in the rally today, it's impacting our kids. Yeah. It'll impact generations to come if we don't put an end to it. 100%. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about with Tulsi Gabbard. But we invite you to go to Huckabee.tv for the rest of our conversation. We're going to find out what might be next for the former Congresswoman. Plus, our audience is going to get some of their questions answered. And you can keep up with her on her brand new podcast, The Tulsi Gabbard Show. It is getting off to a huge start. For our TV audience, we're all about to find out from Keith Bilbrey what's coming up on the rest of the show. Up next, BioHarvest CEO Elon Sobel with investment expert and best-selling author O.S. Hawkins. Later, hilarious comedy from Thor Ramsey. It's all tonight on Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow AdGovMyHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back. Elon Sobel is a longtime leader in the business world who is now CEO of BioHarvest Sciences. They're the creators of a revolutionary new health supplement called Venya. Full disclosure, they are a TBN sponsor. And frankly, I've been taking Venya myself and have for almost 18 months. And so does O.S. Hawkins, who headed the Christian-based Guidestone Mutual Fund. He's the author of the best-selling Bible Code series. Please welcome Elon Sobel and O.S. Hawkins, who, was, who were with us before, a little earlier, and we had a chance to visit with them. And before we get into discussion of this amazing product that uh, Elon's going to be talking about, New book in the Code series, The Promise Code. Right, it's the 12th in the series, starting with the Joshua Code, 52 scripture verses every believer should know. This is The Promise Code, 40 Bible promises every believer should claim. You know, promises made are important, but promises kept are what are really important. Even God, more important. Yeah, yeah, God has a perfect record of keeping his own promises to us in his timing. And so I wrote the promise code to help believers realize that they don't live by explanations. We live by promises. It's one thing to uh, read the Bible and struggle with its precepts. It's another to believe it and stand yeah. on its promises. And about 18 months ago, 
I met Elon Sobel, a friend of mine, an Israeli, uh, who is the CEO of a company that has an amazing product that I've been taking for 18 uh, months now, a Vinia. It's, uh, it's from the grape. It's, uh, it's a superfood from the Holy Land. You know, Jesus performed the first miracle in Cana when he turned water into wine. Now he's taken wine and turned it into one little capsule that is doing amazing things. I've gone to Ken Cooper for 41 years for my annual physical, had the best results I've I've had ever uh, recently. Where did this all originate, the idea of it? Well, Mike, really, it was min hashamayim. We say this in Hebrew. Min hashamayim means from the heavens. It really mm. was a, a gift of a gift from God. For the last uh, 15 years, as a biotechnology company, we have the best PhD plant cell biologists that have, that have developed a platform technology. And in fact, Vinia was our first validation of the technology. And Vigna is based on the French paradox. The French people, as you know, they have a very fatty diet, lots of pâté, yeah. lots of liver, <laughs> lots of oils, um, and, but they have remarkably good cardiovascular health. So when the scientists went in to understand exactly what, what was driving this fantastic cardiovascular health, they realized it was from a number of different polyphenols all working together. One of these polyphenols is called pyseid resveratrol. And together with catagen coercetin and anthocyanins, it, we were able to have this unique combination of polyphenols that can drive a transformational change in people's health and wellness. Now, we developed a technology where we took cells from the skin of the red grape, from the actual flesh and the seed, and we grow these cells in bioreactors, and we were able to increase the levels of the pyceid resveratrol 100 times versus what's found in the, in the red grape. And that's why we're the only company in the world that can actually produce pyceid resveratrol at an industrial scale. As a result of this combination of, of polyphenols, we've done a number of clinical trials. And in the clinical trials that have been published in peer-reviewed scientific journals, we were able to demonstrate that from taking one capsule of vinia every day for 90 days, we were able to increase the dilation of one's arteries by at least 70% versus baseline. That's just like opening up the that arteries. Exactly. And dilate, you know, yeah. blood flow is so important for the functioning of your, of your body. The practical effects of that, Elon. I mean, you know, some of what you just said was like, that's amazing, but I didn't understand it because I'm not a scientist. But how does that affect the day-to-day -day health of someone. The bottom line is more blood flow means a better life. And the reason why is because when you have more blood flow, you have more oxygen and more nutrients going throughout your body tissues and your organs. And as a result of the impact of vinya, we're able to significantly improve your physical energy, your mental alertness, you know, waking up in the morning with brain fog, you've now got more blood going through to your brain and able to get and moving faster through the day. And who doesn't need more physical energy and mental alertness in today's world? As a result of more blood flow, it supports your heart, overall heart health. We're able to maintain blood pressure already within normal ranges. And in addition, we're able to also demonstrate the ability to reduce the oxidation of LDL cholesterol, which is an important factor as you start to age, you start to have more oxidation of LDL cholesterol. Well, it's, uh, it's exciting to see and hear about it. More importantly, we're thrilled that Venya is now a partner with TBN because it's, uh, it's a great way to help other believers enjoy the benefits 
of what the Bible talks about without having to engage in the alcohol content, which is uh, a, a troubling thing for many evangelicals. Correct. No sugar, no calories, and no alcohol. Yeah. And what's important is actually in the last, since we, you know, we've started to work together and partner with TBN, I want to thank TBN's audience. We've received so much interest from Good. the TBN audience. Literally thousands of customers are now subscribers, enjoying the benefits of Vinya and importantly, helping to support the state of Israel, which we very, very much appreciate. Vinya has over 900 verified customer reviews with a rating of 4.8 out of five stars. Incredible praise in the world of dietary supplements. One of their five stars is from me. It's truly amazing technology, and it's from the land of Israel. We're very excited to be partnering with Vinya here on this show. And you can learn more about Vinya and BioHarvest and for O.S. Hawkins' brand new book, all you got to do is visit Huckabee.tv. You'll find all the links right there. Keith Bilbrey, you know, I hear that laughter is good medicine. I wonder if you could write us a prescription for that. You bet, I sure will. The hilarious Thor Ramsey is up next and still to come. Grammy-nominated Christian country group High Road on Huckabee. You know, at the beginning of the show, I told you I was a little worried that Trey might go to sleep on us, but I'll tell you, he's on fire tonight. He and the band, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, always terrific. Give him a hand. Our next guest is a very funny comedian. Now, I get to thinking about that, and I'm thinking, if he's not a very funny comedian, he probably isn't a very good comedian. But this guy is a very funny comedian, and he's appeared on such shows as Comedy at Large, and Bananas and Thou Shalt Laugh, which I think is a wonderful title. Most recently, his movie, Church People, he has a new novel. This is it. It's called The End Times Comedy Show. And yes, he even makes that funny. Please welcome back to the show, Thor Ramsey. Pleasure hot tonight. Well... Thank you, friends. It's so good to be here. The, uh, the Halloween season is upon us, which always brings up this question for me. Why aren't there any Protestant horror movies? Have you noticed this? They're all Catholic. All of them. And I kind of get it. It's Hollywood. You know, the priest comes with his own uniform and props. He's got the string thing with the ball and the smoke going. And, that. and I, I get that. What do Protestant pastors have? Skinny jeans? We can't compete with the other thing. We can't. So I'm thinking really what the issue is, is you get two Protestant guys, two Protestant pastors who walk into a house and the walls are dripping blood and there's a guy running around the ceiling. They'd be like, we better call a priest because uh, <laughs> this was not in the Baptist manual. <laughs> no, you ever watch a scary movie by yourself? And then afterwards, you have to flip on the home shopping network just to rinse out the atmosphere of the room. It's like, I just, I just need to see a ceramic kitty or something something cute. You ever watch a scary movie at someone else's house? 
And then when you go to leave, you get in the car, but before you take off, you give your back seat one of these psycho sweeps, right? <laughs> Make sure no escape mental patients have crawled in your back seat. I do this. I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do if there's somebody actually back there and I stick my finger in his nose? Hey, hey, hey! What are you doing? I'm looking for you. You're it. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll actually get in my car and leave start driving, and then I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to check my back seat. <laughs> I flick my dome light on, swing my head back there. What if a cop pulls me over? You know, you're weaving, you're weaving pretty badly there. I was looking for a murder. I think he's in my back seat. He's jumping from side to side. He's tricky. Careful. And my wife will do this. My wife pulls this one. I'll just be falling asleep. And she'll shake me awake. And she'll, listen. What? <laughs> listen. What? <laughs> listen. I don't hear anything. I don't either. <laughs> this guy's really good. Now go find him. Go find the ninja psycho. <laughs> I think we've all done this, but if you watch a scary movie downstairs and you have to walk upstairs, you always end up running those last few steps. Like, I think there's a ghost on my butt! Get out of the way! There's a ghost chasing me! Get out of the way! Get out of the way! There's a ghost! <laughs> if you're running from something invisible, how do you know you're faster? Just... So we are in uh, Nashville. Here we are in Nashville. Yes. Where I can get me some Waffle House. And I am not ashamed. Judge me if you will. I love the Waffle House. I love the Waffle The smothered, covered, blubbered, whatever that is. Those things are amazing. And you know what you're getting into with the Waffle House, though. You do. You walk in. I walk into Waffle House, the waitress behind the counter says to me, hunker down. That's what she said, hunker down. Because you don't hunker down at a five-star restaurant, do you? you know, Welcome to Chez Paul's, your hostess will hunker you down. You know, you know what you're getting with the Waffle House. You know, outside, before you enter, they have a sign. It says, no shirt, no shoes, stop asking us for clothing. You know what you're you're getting. And uh, they don't accept credit cards either at Waffle House. They accept cash or your prize-winning heifer. Because <laughs> that's what ATM means at uh, Waffle House. Animals to money. <laughs> and that's the big closer. Thanks for having me, folks. I appreciate that. I love Waffle House. <laughs> I do. It's my happy place. Waffle House is my happy place. Absolutely yes. it is. This is a cool book, The End Times Comedy Show. What yes. a cool name is that? And what, what are we going to find out in the Well, The End Times Comedy Show is basically about a novel, about a comedian. You write what you know, right? And he's living in L.A. He's from the most prominent evangelical family in the country. Ah. Think like Francis Schaeffer. You're familiar with Francis Schaeffer? Yeah. So he's from that family. But he's trying to lose his faith. Mm. He's trying to deconvert. 
<laughs> and, he, and so he's trying to get as far away from his faith as he can. It's a satire. And the further he tries to get away from the faith, the more supernatural experiences he starts to have. So that that's kind of the, the satirical aspect of it. Yeah, I so, love I love satire. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to see more comedy from Thor Ramsey and get this new novel that I'm holding up, the End Times Comedy Show, you want to know how to do it? It's simple. Go to Huckabee.tv. We're going to connect you. Speaking of connections, Keith Bilbrey will connect us with what's coming up on the show next. Well, Mike talks politics with Matt Schlapp of the Conservative Political Action Coalition. And later, Voice of the Martyrs radio host Todd Nettleton. It's all on Huckabee. Matt Schlapp is the chairman of CPAC. It's the largest and most influential gathering of conservatives anywhere in the world. And this last push, just ahead of the midterms, Matt's been campaigning for Republican candidates all over America. He's here in Nashville tonight. Please welcome to the show a very good friend, Matt Schlapp. Matt, great to have you here. Oh, your, your crowd is so much more friendly than Bill Maher. I just want you to know. <laughs> I've seen you on Bill yeah, Maher. Yeah, that's a little more scary. This, I feel like I'm home. You are home. These okay. people love you, and they're going to be fine. You will not have anybody beating you up out here. Let's get right into the midterms. Uh, it, 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 it looks like things are breaking the way of conservatives and Republicans. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah, you know, I haven't seen, I was just thinking about when you ran for office in Arkansas, yeah. we were seeing all these shifts in the country, and that 1994 cycle was such a big deal, Yeah, and I really think this is similar. Why do I think that? I think the, the Black Lives Matter violent protests, 24 dead people, a cop assassinated, more damage done in this country than any natural disaster. I think everything we saw that went on in schools and the revolt of the parents in Virginia, the woke stuff has a lot of Democrats and independents saying, whoa. I didn't sign up for this stuff. Yeah. Obviously, the big spending and the socialism isn't working either. So if you put that all together, I can really understand these Democrats are all saying no to debates. They really don't have anything they can say to get voters to want to be happy about voting for them. And, and the independents, there was a poll that showed this week that independents were 18 points kind of right. leaning Democrat back in the summer. They're now 38 points leaning yes. Republican. Matt, that's the biggest swing yes. I have seen in a short period of time that I can ever remember. Well, look at the, what's happened. Um, you know, these double-digit and sometimes six-digit increases in violent crime in all of yeah. our major cities, unless they're in red states, this, you know, epidemic of homelessness. People are fleeing these, these big, blue, broken, bankrupt states, uh, and they're fleeing to these other states. So I think people started voting with their feet for the last two years. And look, Joe Biden, like him, don't like him. It's just, it's embarrassing to see him try to talk on, on the stage and I think one of the things voters are also worried about is not just the dangerous pullout of Afghanistan, which Tulsi talked about, but, you know, we have a kick me sign on our back for the world's bullies. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place for America. It is a dangerous place. Uh, if Republicans win, I, I think they will both in the House and the Senate. I do too. Seats both places. But if they don't perform. I also think there's a certain person running for governor in Arkansas who's going to win too, but that's we just, hope you know. So. We yeah. hope so. <laughs> I'm kind of a little bit of maybe uh, bias there. It's going to be objective. okay. I think so. We okay. hope so. But never take anything yeah. for granted. But if Republicans do 
carry on and uh, get the House and the Senate. They still won't have the White House, but they're going to have some real power. All the appropriation power starts in the House. What could mess it all up for the Republicans if they just get there and they say, oh, boy, we get now invitations to the well, Georgetown You know, parties. I live in the swamp. Yes, and, you do. And uh, it's an occupational hazard. And what I think the swamp is hoping is the Republican Party goes back to like that pre-Trump, country club friendly, corporate America friendly Republican Party. When I go around the country, what I hear is what I believe, which is we like this new uh, Republican Party. It's more about the little guy than the big guy. So what, what the Republicans need to do, which CPAC has been pushing to these uh, to these incoming Republicans, is don't meet with all these CEOs yeah. of these companies that are trying to wreck America. They want to defund cops. They want to bring gender confusion to your kids and grandkids. They they want to take the family and get it out of decisions and insert government and social media guys. My advice to them, and we sent them a letter, is don't do their bidding anymore and get them back to neutral. If corporate America would get back to neutral, yeah. I think we could come to healing. 100 I, I am so happy to hear you say that. I know that you and your wonderful wife, Mercedes, who I just adore. Uh, she's supposed to be right here with me, but. I know. She's, she's, uh, she's hanging out with the kids, and I'm taking a late flight to, to we're going to swap. I understand. We're going to let that happen next time she comes. Yeah. But you guys have both been strong advocates for the issue of life unapologetically, yes. and I've deeply appreciated that because yes. some Republicans are afraid to defend that we are a pro-life people believing that there's no such thing as a disposable, expendable human being, that every child matters. Thank you for running the largest conservative organization and not wavering on that. Do you mind if I say something on that? Because it is it's Please such do. an important issue. There's a mistake that's going on around the country. And that's this idea after Roe v. Wade was overturned, which was the most extreme abortion law that we saw in yeah. any developed country. No European country allowed the type of late-term abortions like we allowed here in America. When it was overturned, you had this cacophony of voices saying, oh, what are the Republicans going to do now? Because the American people don't really want regulations. And what you're seeing in these deb debates and what you're seeing in these polls is being for nine months of abortion. We had a governor of Virginia that wanted post-birth abortion. Yeah. Remember, keep the baby comfortable. What we're seeing in all that is the American people simply don't agree with these types of radical policies. And I think we're gonna, what we're going to learn about this election is, number one, voters still love their country and they still love America. Number two, voters believe that the unborn child needs legal protection. Mm. Thank God. Before we run out of time, which we just about have, I want to give you an opportunity. Tell me how many seats we pick up in the House, how many in the Senate, what's your prediction? So the, all the smart people are saying there's about 30 House seats. I think we need six to get the majority. I'm a Republican, so I'm going to speak that way. Yeah. There's, we need to, there's about 30 that are up for grabs. Since they get everything wrong with the polls, there's more than 30 that are up for grabs. And in the Senate, they've always said, well, that's going to be too hard. I'm telling you here right now, both chambers uh, will become Republican. And I think in the Senate, we have a chance to run the table. And there's a race in New Hampshire that's now competitive. Yeah. There's a race in Washington that's now competitive. I think Blake Masters will win in Arizona. I think Dr. Oz will win in Pennsylvania. I think Herschel Walker will win uh, in Georgia. I think Adam Laxalt will win in Nevada. So, you know, I, I know these polls are close, but, you know, when the wave comes, it really sweeps everybody in. And I think those candidates are going to win. I have a lot of confidence in the way you see it because you've been uh, doing this a long, long time. I'm old, sir. You're not that old, but you're, you're wise and experienced, and it matters. We're so happy to have you here, Matt. Thank you Thank very, you. very it's much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
If you'd like to keep up with Match Lap and CPAC online, just head over to Huckabee.tv. We're going to get you connected so that you can know all about it and maybe attend a CPAC conference in person, which if you've never been to one, they are electric. Speaking of connections, Keith Bilbrey is kind of our AT&T connection to the rest of the show. He's all wired up, and he is going to tell us what's coming up next. Keith? Well, next, Mike discusses religious persecution with radio host and author Todd Nettleton. Later, be prepared to be uplifted by the music of High Road, still ahead on Huckabee. shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. And welcome back. November the 6th is the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians. One of the most tragic and least covered stories is the growing persecution and even genocide of Christians all over the world. Our next guest is working to change that. He's the host of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, and he's also author of this book called When Faith is Forbidden. Would you please welcome Todd Nettleton. Todd, it's great having you here. Thanks so much. Most American Christians live in a very isolated world and do not understand that while we go to our churches comfortably and not really fear uh, even having a bumper strip of our church on the car, Around the world, people would die for that. Literally, they would be killed for that. It's exactly right. And I think of a few years ago, I was in northern Nigeria, and it was a Sunday morning. We were going to church, and we passed by a large church there, and the cars were parked out in the street. And I was like, well, you know, there's a parking lot next to the church. Why are the yeah. cars parked out on the street? They said, well, they don't want to have a car bomb. So they make everyone park in the street. They don't let anybody pull up their car close to the church because they're worried about a car bomb. And I was like, you know, at my church, we yeah. never think about that. That, no, we that don't. is not something we're worried about. We know that Iran is not exactly a Christian-friendly country. That's an understatement. But there's actually a growing church in Iran, of all places. Tell us what's happening there. It's an amazing thing. And, and we're seeing it right now. The people are out in the streets marching against their government. Well, guess what? The government is Islam. It's the mullahs yeah. that are in charge of the country. And so what those people are saying is, we don't want Islam. We don't want to follow Islam anymore. We've done it for 40 years. It hasn't worked. They're taking off their headscarves. They're saying, we don't want Islam. Well, the fastest growing church in the world is in the Islamic Republic of Iran because the people fastest don't in the world. want Islam. And I've, I've actually had Iranian Christians tell me the greatest Christian missionary in the history of Iran Ayatollah Khomeini, who put a face on Islam and said, hey, this is what Islam looks like. And the people said, well, that's not what I want. What else is out there? And that's why the gospel is spreading so quickly. The Voice of the Martyrs, uh, you guys make connections with Christians who are having to worship underground and really hide the fact that they are uh, following Jesus. So uh, how do you even get connected to them? Because, I mean, most of us would not even know where to start. <laughs> 
The great thing about the Voice of the Martyrs is we've been doing it for more than 50 years. And so in that time, we have been on the ground in these countries. We've had the opportunity to develop connections with church leaders, with other Christian groups, with mission agencies that are active there. And so when a pastor gets beaten in India, Mm -hmm. in a village, we're going to hear about that probably within 24 hours. We're going to have an email. We're going to have a call that says, hey, this pastor was just beaten. He's in the hospital right now getting worked on, and we will send the message back. Make sure that he knows that his hospital bill is going to be taken care of. We'll take care of that. And so just be able to, to hear those things and then be able to get help back into the country uh, is really a testament to our international ministries workers. Do you ever get assistance from the State Department? Do you ever get assistance from any of the agencies, the USAID or any of the agencies that are supposed to be helping uh, oppressed people? I don't think currently that we do. Uh, I think in the past, we have gotten some help with some shipping containers of aid, like some of the cost of actually getting the container Mm. into the country. Uh, But I don't think currently that any of that is happening. Which is unfortunate because, you know, we will send uh, bombs and bullets, but not uh, bread and butter. So maybe that's something we ought to Bibles. And Bibles. (laughs) And while we're alliterating this, and bandages as well. (laughs) We could throw that in there too. Um, Tell us the, the book that you have, When Faith is Forbidden, you really want people to understand that while we worship in our freedom around the world, there's great persecution. Tell me two or three places in the world that we would be surprised to learn, other than you've already mentioned Iran, but surprised to learn that the church is actually growing in the face of totalitarianism. You know, Eritrea is a country that probably a lot of us would, it would take us a little what to, to locate it on a map. It is a country where hundreds of Christians are currently in prison. Uh, one of the pastors that I met, I, I talk about him in the book, is a man named Pastor Haile. He's now been in prison for more than 18 years. Uh, no Christian in Eritrea has ever been charged with a crime or had a trial. You just like Pastor Haile, you get arrested. And then you don't know. You don't know if you're getting out tomorrow or you're going to be there for 20 years. Uh, That's a country I would immediately talk about. The other thing, and I think this is a big week because of the Communist Party meetings in Beijing, but China. Mm -hmm. In the last five years, we have seen a significant increase in persecution in China. Churches being closed down, pastors being arrested. Uh, Xi Jinping wants to control every part of every person's life in China including religious expression, and, and he's determined. If, if he has to arrest everybody, if he has to put people in jail, if he has to tear down church buildings, he will do whatever it takes to try to close down the church, but the church is still growing. All the more reason we need to be grateful to God and pray for the protection of religious freedom here in the United States. Todd, thank you very much. I got some really good news. Every member of the audience tonight is going to get a copy of this book, When Faith is Forbidden. They'll take it home with them which I think is wonderful. And then I found out something else. Todd has agreed to send a book, this book, to those who are watching on television. How are they able to get that? There is a website that is on your screen. You can also come to Huckabee.tv and click on the link there. We would love to send you a copy of this book. We want you to know about our persecuted brothers and sisters. We want you to know their stories so that you can pray for them effectively. What a beautiful gift to all of our audience, both here in the theater as well as at home. And if you want to keep up with the Voice of Martyrs Radio and all of Todd Nettleton's important work, as he mentioned, visit Huckabee.tv. We have a link to the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians. 
And uh, as we've said, everybody's going to get a book. And I have a feeling they're pretty happy about that. And I hope that they don't just get a book. I hope that they get a burden and take it home with them and pray for the International Day of Prayer. Keith Bilry, he's over there praying right now that I'll turn it over to him so he can tell us what's coming up. Well, inspirational country music group High Road, fresh off performing this year's Dove Awards. They're with us tonight. They're ready to perform. They're coming up next on Huckabee. For Mike's guest, Congressman Pat Fallon and rising musical artist, Cade Thompson. Well, our musical guests tonight have appeared everywhere from the Grand Ole Opry to major gospel and bluegrass events worldwide. Their many honors include, get this, Grammy and Dove Award nominations, and they've been named Singing Muse Magazine's New Artist of the Year. Please give a very warm welcome to High Road. Welcome, guys. Good to have you. Now, you guys, I think, formed at, is it Belmont here in Nashville? Yes. So I attended Belmont University and studied piano performance there, and after graduating, I Worked in the music industry for a couple of years and played for different country artists. And a few years after that, this dream of High Road came up where uh, it was just girls and we played our own instruments and wrote our own songs. And that's what we are. About to do a new album that's going to come out. We are. We've been in the studio just this past week, actually, doing some new songs with Ben Isaacs. This is going to be our third album where he's our producer. That is fantastic. We know Ben and love him. And uh, I know it's going to be a terrific album. Um, what do you hope when you go out on that stage, when the four of you go out there, you look out into an audience, what do you see from them and what is it you hope to let them have? Oh, that's a great question. I think whenever I've been a part of this and we go out and travel, I love seeing the new places that we go and the people that we meet from all different walks of life. And I think one of our main goals is to make good music to glorify God, and to be a good example for young people. You know, I'm fascinated, though, but you, you grew up just in a small little town. Was this your dream to be on the stage and do music? It's always been my dream. I remember I was four years old, and I would hear something on the radio and go home and play it on the piano. Uh, and uh, Dad would sit me on his lap, and he played just by ear, and, and he would put my hands on top of his when he played. And I learned by ear for several years and played in his little, his bluegrass band doing cowboy church. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up on a gravel road outside of a, a town of 150 people in, in Iowa. That is a small town, Sarah, without a doubt. <laughs> well, we're excited that you're here. Uh, as much as I enjoy talking to you, we did not bring you here just to talk. <laughs> we want to hear you do some music. So Let's we're going to have you do that. And Keith, while High Road gets ready to play... I'm going to let you tell the viewers how they can hear more of the music of High Road. Well, to find all of High Road's music, tour dates, and more, just go to Huckabee.tv. Now, performing two coats, it's High Road!
And I put on the new 